Good morning, everyone. So today's the fifth instalment in our series on worship, and it's been such a good series so far. Just God's been really, I think, laying fresh foundations for us, realigning us in our understanding of worship and taking us deeper. And uh, not only for when we can physically be together again, but also here and now in our current context of worshiping together over Zoom. God's been speaking into that. So in the importance of us coming forth and pouring worship out from our heart, no matter where we're at, worshipping him in spirit and in truth. So today we're going to be looking at Ephesians 5 verse 15 to 21 and this is a really important scripture because it makes a link between our everyday lives and our corporate times of worship together. It basically says that our, our times of worship are shaped, are influenced by our everyday walk, by what we're putting in is what comes out. And so as I say, it's Ephesians 5 that we're going to be looking at today. So if you can turn in your Bibles to there right now, that'd be great. So it was written in about AD 62 by the Apostle Paul. He was under house arrest at the time. And it doesn't seem like the letters addressing any specific issues or problems in the church at the time. That Paul does mention that he's writing to let them know how, how he's doing in confinement. But it's really written as just to generally build up the church, to encourage the church in their identity in Christ, in God's salvation plan, and how to walk in that identity. So the first three chapters, there's loads that Paul's writing about how you are in Christ, it's gospel truths. And in the next three chapters, it's about my Jesus, my Lord. He's, he's, he's saying, and Phil Moore really helped me in my understanding of this, that Paul's saying, this is who you are in Christ. This is the truth. And now he's saying, now you need to step into it and live in it. It's not like we follow um, legalistic laws to try and attain to something. It's This is biblical truth. You are now in Christ. You are now saved. You are brought into his body that is being built up into a holy temple. You are now children of light. So now live like this. So as I say, this is Ephesians 5 and we're going to read from verse 15. It says this. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yeah, let's pray. God, I thank you that you are building your church. I thank you that you are here with us now. Come have your way in us. Come, Lord God. We recognise that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of your mouth. Lord, give us ears to hear your word this morning. Let us hear with faith. Help us to hear and to respond in faith. Thank you, Lord, that you are at work and we just yield to you and we say, come have your way, come shape us, that we may grow into everything you have for us. Lord, thank you for the new identity that we have in you. And I pray this morning, help us to take off the old self and to put on the new, to walk in all you've done for us, in your blessings for us, we pray, oh God. 
Amen. So it says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. How often do we ask this? How often do we take the time to look carefully, to examine how we walk? This is talking about how we do and go about life. It's easy for us to gloss over this, I think. It's easy for us to think, oh, yeah, of course we're doing all right. Or we, we just have a quick think about how we're doing. And to be honest, we don't even maybe concentrate on the right areas and then we move on. But the Apostle Paul is drawing our attention to this. He's saying this is really important. If you do not look closely how you walk, you cannot walk wisdom. You cannot walk in wisdom. You will end up walking foolishly. If you do not look closely, you will end up missing things. You won't grow into all that God has for you. You will miss opportunities that he has for you for bearing fruit. The phrase making the best use of the time can also be translated as purchasing or redeeming the time. It speaks of actively taking advantage of the time. But to do this, we need to walk wisely and we walk wisely. By discerning and knowing the will of God, we walk wisely by looking carefully how we walk. It's very intentional. Paul's calling us to be an intentional church. To not go about life um, being shaped by the world around us, but to actually recognise that we are children of God. And let that truth shape our life and our interactions with the world around us. If I want Ezra, my three-year-old son, to see something, and maybe it's something quite small or something he could easily miss, I have to tell him to look closely. Sometimes I have to tell him to look again. I have to tell him to pay attention or he might miss it. The other day, um, Ezra uh, and Molly and myself were going out and I I was getting Molly ready and I was putting her snowsuit on her. And I said, oh, Ezra, can you go get Molly's boots for me, please, from by the, by the curtains? And he went over there and he looked and he came back. He said, I can't find them, Dad. Um, and so I said, OK, go, go look again. They're definitely there. I'm sure I saw them there. And he went and he looked again and like, moved the curtain a bit, looked around, came back and said, no, no, I really can't find them. And they're not there. And so I went and had a look and they were there. I found them straight away. He didn't look carefully enough. He didn't take his time to look. And and I think that's the issue sometimes, that that we, we think we know the answers to something or we think we're maybe in a good place or we know what's going on and we don't look carefully enough because of it. But Paul is telling us, look carefully. A couple of weeks ago, um, Ezra wanted to go bird watching. Uh, we get this uh, little pack through the box every month from Mud and Bloom. And in it, it's got activities for him to do that, that involve helping him grow in his understanding of nature. And um, part of that is not only things like planting bulbs and looking for animals and plants and things like that. This specific month was about looking for certain birds. But also we'd heard a lot about the kingfisher that was near the stream uh, at our, near where we live. And Ezra really wanted to go see it. So we went bird watching. And we walked up and down the stream lots and lots and lots of times looking for the kingfisher. Uh, and I saw it a fair few number of times before Ezra and he was starting to get quite upset. And I was talking to him about the importance of, of looking carefully. And eventually it just really dawned on him 
And he got in the habit of being like, shh, we've got to be quiet. We've got to look really carefully and walk slowly. Keep looking, keep looking. And he saw it. We have to be careful. I think we can end up going to the string where something should be. We can end up being in the right place, even at the right time. But because we're not looking carefully, we can miss things. And that means we can miss out on fruitful activity. Paul is exhorting us to closely examine. Take the time to look carefully how we walk. He wants us to live lives that are pleasing to the Lord. He wants us to live lives as children of light, bearing the fruit of light. But this takes wisdom and it takes intentionality. He wants us to remember that though we are in the world, we are not of the world. And it's all too easy to let the world shape our thinking, to let the shape the world shape how we walk. But he says, he reminds us, doesn't he, in Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable and perfect. To make the best use of the time, because the days are evil. We need to look carefully. We need our minds to be renewed. Because how can we look carefully and walk in wisdom if we don't know what we're looking for? There is a proactive renewal of the mind that takes place. And this enables us to discern the will of God, to walk wisely. To, and there's a, there's a parallel passage, actually, in the past, to the passage we're looking at in Ephesians 5 today in Colossians 3. And it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly let the word of christ dwell in you richly and i think this is really helpful it's helping lay this foundation this understanding actually to walk wisely to to walk in the will of the lord we actually need to let scripture be transforming our minds we actually need to let scripture renew our minds change the way that we think and that we see so that as we're walking we're walking in a manner worthy of the gospel of christ walking in a manner pleasing to him so we need to be a people of the word. Scripture is so important. We need to be reading the Bible every day. We need to spend time in it. We need to let it, let it change the way we think. We need to believe it. We need to read it with faith. We need to ask God that we will behold wondrous truths from the word. The disciples said to Jesus, after his teaching of eating my body and drinking my blood. So it said loads of disciples left and those people left him because they couldn't understand, they couldn't get their head around it. And the disciples said, where should we go? For you have the words of life. In here are the words of life. It's so important that we spend time reading scripture, letting it shape us and not letting our walk be shaped by the world around us. We need to align ourselves with biblical truth, train ourselves to think in line with it. By making wise decisions, we make the best use of the time. But it's not enough, though, just to be a people of the word. We also need to be a people of the spirit. We see Paul goes on in this passage and he, he starts to contrast being drunk on wine with being filled with the spirit. He says, don't get drunk on wine. 
says that's debauchery. He says it, it, it basically it affects our judgment. We're no longer self-controlled. We it, it leads to wastefulness. It says instead be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the very life of God, the one who makes you fruitful, the one who bears fruit in you, the one who brings love, joy, peace, the one who causes you to be self-controlled. The comparisons are so obvious between the two, between drinking wine and getting drunk and drinking of the spirit and being filled with the spirit. If you're drunk, your senses are impaired. How can you walk wisely? You can't. But by being filled with the Spirit, as it says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12, we can understand the things freely given us by God and therefore walk wisely, discerning the will of God. We can understand the things freely given us by God and therefore walk wisely, discerning all the things of God as, as we are filled with his Spirit. When Paul talks about being filled with the Spirit, this isn't a once-off event. It is a continuous thing he's talking about. He's saying, live a life with a pattern of being filled with the Spirit. Daily, be filled with the Spirit. Take the sails of a boat, for example. It doesn't matter how many times in the past the boat might have been filled with wind. The sails might have been filled with wind. If they're not currently filled with wind, it isn't going anywhere. The boat can't do what it was made for. It's in essence fruitless. But when the wind fills the sails of that boat, it will go and it will do. It can do what it's been made to do. So the question is for us is how do we position our sails in such a way that we can be continually filled with the spirit? How do we live lives where we're continually filled with the spirit? And there's one specific way that I want to focus on this morning. Um, just lack of time we can't can't look at all the different ways but in galatians 3 5 it says this does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith so do you receive the spirit of god and mighty miracles of god among you by doing works yourselves by earning them or by grace by receiving with faith there is something about hearing God's word in faith that causes God's, a fresh filling of God's spirit upon us. It ties in well, doesn't it, with let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. As we spend time hearing God's word in faith, as we receive the word with faith, we're receiving also a fresh filling of the spirit of God. This is so important, being Filled with the spirit and with the word of God helps us live wise lives, help us to bear fruit. I mean, you can go back to John 15, can't you? And it's like, if you do not abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear no fruit. If my word does not abide in you, you will bear no fruit. It's this image, isn't it, of the vine and of us being the branches interconnected in and the flow of the spirit flowing in us and through us and the father being the gardener tending to us. It's this dynamic relationship between us. We have been grafted in to the family of God. We can now say father. We can call 
God Father. We can call Jesus our brother. The Holy Spirit has made his abide within us. But to be fruitful, we need to abide in him. His word needs to abide in us. We need to live lives in step with his spirit. So we need to posture ourselves in such a way daily that the wind of the spirit can fill our sails. And we do this by hearing with faith. And if, if you struggle with hearing by faith, come to God in prayer. He loves to hear our prayers. He loves our hearts being poured out to him. And, and ask him to help you believe. Ask him to increase your faith. But you can be encouraged because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word about Christ. So we can come to him and be confident that as we spend time in his word, faith will come. So it's this perpetual thing of we spend time in the word, it builds our faith. And as we spend time in his word full of faith, the spirit comes upon us and fills us afresh. You can see why, why this needs to be a daily pattern of life for us. I think Phil Moore really, really helped me here um, in his uh, books on from the series Straight to the Heart um, on his commentary here on Ephesians. And he, he talks about how we so often ask the wrong question. We ask the question, have you been filled with the Spirit? And baptism with the Spirit is so important. But actually... The more important question is, are you full with the Spirit? Is the Spirit of God filling your sails right now? Sam shared a couple of Sundays ago. Songs shape our theology. So we want to be singing songs of truth, biblical truth, songs of thanksgiving, songs of praise. But these, these songs, they shape our theology, they shape our understanding of God. They, sh they build us up, they encourage us and they glorify God. Scripture tells us that as the body of God, when we come together, each one is a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation that all things may be done for the building up of the church. As I said near the beginning, in essence, when we come together, our worship is an overflow of the everyday life. And so we should all come prepared because we should all be looking carefully how we walk and walking wisely. So we come full of the word of God, full of the spirit of God. And as we continue in Ephesians 5, it says this, but be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. So there is something about being filled with the spirit and walking wisely that causes praise to erupt from within us. It causes worship to come from within us. It's funny, isn't it? You can almost draw up. There's a parallel again between so often, in, say, films or books. If someone's drunk, they're portrayed that so often they go into singing, don't they? They go into song. And yet, actually, when we are filled with the spirit, the spirit of control, the spirit of self-control, sorry, not control, self-control. But yet it bubbles up song in us still. We're not forced to sing, but 
our hearts are touched by the hand of the loving father. We see the truth of what he has done for us. And it evokes praise, it evokes shouting, it evokes clapping, it evokes lifting our hands, it evokes bowing down to worship him. This kind of worship comes out of walking wisely. This kind of worship comes out of the everyday life with God. This kind of worship is an overflow of walking with him, looking carefully walking wisely, being filled with the spirit. We haven't got time to explore this more now, but notice the horizontal parts of our corporate worship and the vertical. So we've got, um, look, uh, so it says addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Addressing one another. There is something in our times of corporate worship together where we actually address one another where we're building each other up we're not worshiping each other but actually something in our worship to god of singing truth speaking truth bringing um psalms and hymns and songs that it encourages us it teaches us it admonishes us but also it's vertical it then goes on to say singing and making melody to the lord with your heart so it's multi-dimensional. Our times are coming together in corporate worship. It's not just about glorifying God, though that will that will happen in it. That that is important. That is the root of it, isn't it? We're coming to praise Him and worship Him and thank Him for what He's done for us. But actually, it's also about teaching and admonishing and loving one another, being built up and encouraged. So, so in conclusion, we're to be vigilant. We are to look carefully how we walk. Let's not be flippant with this church. Let's not just gloss over this. I encourage you. I urge you. Find time this week to look at your walk. How are you walking? Are you walking wisely? Are you making the best use of the time? Are you redeeming the time that God has given you to see his kingdom come? In whatever circumstances are around you at the moment, God still has good works for you to be doing. God still wants to engage with you. God still wants you to be fruitful. It's not like because we're under lockdown, God is saying, right, okay, that's a hold on fruitfulness for now. Now, God is at work. He is still building his church and he wants us to look carefully, to be wise, to be filled with the spirit and scripture and to adjust how we're walking where we need to to in line with truth we are sons and daughters of the king we are children of light and he wants us to live as children of light so let let, let us pray oh god i thank you that we don't have to follow some, some long list of legalistic laws to try and attain something in of ourselves. But I thank you that the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross is all sufficient. That as he has been raised to life, we have been raised to life with him. We were dead, we were buried with him and we've been raised to life with him. And Lord, I pray, help us to take up our cross daily. 
Help us to walk wisely, to live wisely, to redeem the time that you have given us. Thank you that you have prepared good works for us to do. Help us to walk in them by your grace. Thank you, God. This is all by your grace. It's all by your love. Help us to love you and to walk by your grace. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, as we asked only a few weeks to do, search our hearts and our minds. Speak to us. Lord, I say again, search our hearts and our minds. Just a reminder of Psalm 139 where it starts with, Lord, you have searched me and known me. And yet the psalm ends with, oh God, search my heart. Lord, this is something we need to keep coming back to like the psalmist did. Lord, search our hearts. Lead us in your way, your everlasting way. Give us wisdom. Help us to walk wisely, full of the spirit, full of truth, that we may glorify you in all things. And Lord, we pray that as we we learn to walk in wisdom, as we learn to walk looking carefully how we walk, as we redeem the time, Lord, let that lead to a greater filling of your spirit and let it lead to, to more extravagant times of worship together. Let us grow in our corporate worship together. Let it be a wonderful overflow of our times together from, from our lives. Thank you, God, that you call us to be a family to love and support one another and even in this time where where we can't stand physically together help us to stand together help us to encourage one another to care for one another to grow in love for not only you but for each other let us be a community of people who give their all to you and to each other we ask this in your name, O oh God. Increase our faith. Increase our, the depth of our faith, the robustness of our faith. We love you and we honour you, God. Come have your way, we pray.